Welcome in everyone. It's episode 37 of the 1056 podcast. It's the Deion Sanders episode, baby. Ram time. Ram time. I think that was his number. I thought I, I asked you not to do that again. <laughs> well, technically I did. I, I did it. Like what timeline is this? Nobody knows that this might be another take. Who it's knows? The, uh, it could be the darkest timeline for all I know. That's a community reference there. Uh, yeah, dude. Welcome in, dude. We are churning that content out in quarantine land for you guys. Uh, I cut my finger and I shocked myself. I am putting my body physically on the line. Uh, to you're bring you guys, you're, you're a real hero. To bring you guys content. How did I shock myself? You ask. Okay, go nope, ahead. Nobody. All right, nobody asked, but here we are. Okay. We are. Well, it sounds like you said I want to know. So, um, <laughs> I was going to get a beer out of the fridge uh, right before our interview. I go to open the fridge, and it lit up, and then it immediately turned black. And I was like, "Did we lose power?" And we didn't. And the actual white of the bulb just came out. And I was like, well, I'm missing the brass part. So I was like, okay, I was dumb. I kind of like reached back there to like see. And the filaments and stuff were still active. And I got shocked. I was just like, Boy-ya-ya. and I, I felt like, like I missed that. <laughs> I felt like, oh, uh, <laughs> I felt like uh, uh, Jason Statham in uh, Cranked. Right where he has to like yeah where he has to keep his heart rate up yeah or he'll I, die it's I, like speed but inside your body the yeah movie speed. I uh, yeah I I felt like that that was my first thought I was like Jason Statham in, in cranked and I came out of it uh, I and then, love Jason Statham that guy ripped yeah and then and then I cut my finger and it like bled a little bit on the floor and I was like a wreck and like you know our our great interview Ken Tuccio best review ever was you know talking with jeff luckily if it was just me jesus man it would have been bad so i'm just saying don't ever say i don't spill blood and i don't you know put my body on the line for this show i officially did if you're listening this go ahead over to our instagram at 1056 p-o-d-c-a-s-t oh you thought i couldn't do it no, dude. That, I, dude, I believe that. Being you. said, go to our Instagram and <laughs> go to our, our any of the comments and press F to pay respects to Tyler's finger. Dude, I <laughs> yeah, dude. I I should really just like cut, I should just cut it off. Yeah, yeah. I might as well. Might as well. So I was, I was. We were talking about also that um, uh, I was drinking South End during our interview today. Oh, with a yes. lovely interview with Ken. How do you pronounce his last name? I'm terrible. Ucho. Yeah, yeah, Ken. My man, best trivia ever. What a great interview we had today. Um, yeah. He was a delight, easy, yeah. fun, informative, insightful. Yeah, easy this, going. this one was, um, it was. Other uh, buzzwords? <laughs> it was different because where we, um, how should I say this? Like, we're always like silly with interviews and, and everything like that. We never get like introspective about our podcast too much. Maybe we like scratch the surface, but um, Ken has his own podcast. Or I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but and he had a lot of great talent on and whatnot. And he gave us some advice and just like how he got these people and really like his experience doing a podcast. And it was really cool. Like, I don't know if you're listening. I, like, I hope you kind of take something away from it, but just as someone like us who were new to the podcast game, we obviously want to keep growing this bad boy and keep the train running. Uh, it was really cool to see someone who was a little bit more established, has created a business and has made the podcast, you know, something that he does primarily 
Uh, it was awesome. And it went in a direction I didn't even expect. And it was, made the interview even better. So shout out to Ken. Um, Thanks, Ken. Ken, AK the man. So, um, but during that interview, I drank uh, South End by Half Full. It was a lovely um, a, a portion of a, of a goodie bag because we got to go to the third place. That's the location right. They opened up, um, now open to the public as you're listening to now. Um, South End New England Indian Pale Ale. It's good. Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, we, third uh, place is a dope place, though. Third place is sick. Uh, it's, I like, you know, we, we'd heard rumblings about it um, when we had spoken with uh, Joe and Zach and some of the people for our half full interview. Go check it out. Uh, came out a couple months ago. And just the idea of it, I was like, okay, you know, let's see what happens. Is it another brewery? Is it like another like bar area? And uh, the inside of it was really cool. It's, you know, it's a smaller spot. It's downtown Stanford where real estate is just hard to get as it is. And they were able to find like a really nice location, nice indoor area, some nice outdoor seating. And they, the menu itself is very interesting because they do their own, obviously their own beers there that you get at the regular half full place. But they actually had some mixed drinks that incorporated not only their beer, but locally made spirits. So vodka, I think there was a vodka from Stanford. There was Litchfield Distillery uh, and they had a drink with the Continuum um, spirits which is delicious yeah and really good so we got to see zach joe we met uh, connor the head of half full great guy and it was just kind of good to to see the half full guys you know just shout in out the course to of doing it shout out to brian, shout out to brian. To we went it. to high school with brian he works over there yeah and uh yeah we're uh, we're big half full fans and it was it was kind of cool to see it just before it opened up a little bit just it's always good to see it when it's quieter and they're getting ready it's that first day um and kind of see it all set up and sort of their vision of like what it's going to look like and you know i'm sure we can say this because it was i'm sure they want everyone to know they also are going to be doing some kind of coffee thing Tyler. maybe you can speak more on it yeah that was a good point so they are going to be doing like coffee and like beignets in the morning so they're working with um uh source coffee uh, i think out of black rock they were saying so they're going to be doing uh, some coffee, like variation, just non-alcoholic drinks, like just, you know, your breakfast, like cafe essentials in the morning and 3 p.m. They're switching over to the beer and, and all of that, which it was, it's interesting. I didn't know that. I never knew that before we were talking to the owner. And that's where I really thought to myself, like, is this another brewery? Is it a bar? Is it? an upscale, like a more upscale, like bar. It, it, it's one of those things where you can't put your finger on it in the best way. It's something that's more unique in the Connecticut beer scene, something that's like kind of pushing the envelope on something else. Right. So I was very intrigued by it. Just seeing like, you know, the second location didn't really know what to expect. Well, there's and, no point in opening up another location if it's just going to pour more of the same beer. Right. You have so to be they, different. They, they made it very, not just a different place, like you have two roads in area two well, they do sours like that's a th- okay cool 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 but what cool. if half fools over here like we'll do a mixed drinks and fucking coffee and then drops the mic walks out the back door <laughs> yeah so um they very have live music they have a live little music area inside yeah a nice patio outside we got to sit with cat 
Oh, uh, yeah. From the Brewers Guild, who probably won't listen to this episode. Whatever. Probably not. Probably no, it's, not. it's cool. We're not mad. Not mad. Don't read into it. Not mad. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when this episode comes out, um, it's probably going to be like, you know, early July and third place to be open for a week or two at this point. So if you're in the Sanford area and you want to venture out, go check them out. They do follow all of the recommended CDC guidelines, face masks, gloves, hand sanitizer, you name it. If you're still hesitant, we totally get it. Uh, but definitely go check it out. There you go. You better. You better. You better. Shout out to all the helpful people. Love them, love them a lot. They're great guys. Right. All right. So we're going to quickly just address like a little bit of news that happened in the craft beer world. Yeah. Um, because uh, I just, we kind of wanted to, you know, keep people a little bit informed. And um, so we'll, we'll just get into it. So what happened was this has to do with nightmare brewing. Yep. Um, they're at, they kind of, op- how do they operate? Right. They're out of the 12%. Beer project. Yeah. They, they're a, um, they're kind of a, I don't know if it's called a gypsy brewer, but they don't have a singular location, but they will go to your 12% and brew their beer using their equipment. That's kind of right. the best and way for those who don't know. Be- and the, um, Help me, help me. Who's who's brewing the beer over there? Billy. Billy, thank you. I've had brain fart. That Billy man. has been brewing beer that has won awards, has been named some of the best beer in the state, country. The country, yeah. Yeah, it's been and a lot of stuff. And what has been kind of um, his uh, shtick, his, his aesthetic, his whole thing, um, is that it's like, it has like a metal metal music, metal aesthetic to it. So they're heavy beers, so they're heavy, high alcohol content. Um, they're delicious, but he also has his album artwork, which um, kind of uh, pictures a, a, like a, a, a very gory, realistic torture sequence that w- was used in history. And then usually when he writes about it, he, t- he informs people about what that was. And you can actually learn a little something. Mm-hmm. If For someone like me, who is a big metal fan, who likes that kind of aesthetic, that is very appealing, very appealing. And the beer is great. Um, so what happened was is that the artist that he's been using for quite a while on a lot of his cans, um, an artist that goes uh, by Defame on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, posted his, uh, a, a picture that he drew himself that has been very controversial. Um, I don't know how much you want to get into it, Ty, but it was no, it got I, very political. And we're, yeah. we don't, we, we're not a political podcast, although it was, if you want to see what we're talking about, it's still up. It just go to his Instagram defame and you can see it and you can see what we're talking about. That's, yeah. where, we'll, that's where we'll go. But what it was, um, it caused a nightmare to want to distance himself from defame's work. And I just, I wanted to take the moment to create the, the distinction. It was, it, it wasn't putting the black lives matter movement in a very positive light. No. We'll say that. So yep. we'll, we'll give some people like what specifically what area of controversial it was in. Um, and that's not where Billy, Billy agreed with, with this post. He didn't at all. And I, and he wanted to distance himself. Defame did put in his original post in the, in the description that whatever he's saying here has nothing to do with anything that he's done for anybody else. It has nothing to yeah. do with any association. He has. So I give him credit for that. Um, but he didn't supply any explanation for what he's talking about which to me bothered me a lot too. Um, but Billy from Nightmare um, said that he has created distance from Defame. They won't be using, he won't be using his art anymore, um, that their professional relationship is over. And I just wanted to say this out loud because um, 
you know, I would see in the comments, I, things like, I can't believe a brewery would post this. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I want to make sure people aren't thinking that. I want to make sure that what Nightmare Brewing is and what Defame Arts, his art is, are two different things. They worked together for a while. Now they're separate. Nightmare's going to go do their own thing. If you really want to support really good local beer, and it might interest you in this like metal aesthetic or heavy mu- music aesthetic, go check out Night Brewing. They are not related to whatever post you might see about Defame's art. And then if you want to go see what Defame's art's all about, go check it out and you can do that on your own. But I just wanted to create a separation for, uh, for our, using our platform to do so. Yeah, and by the time you hear this, this news is going to be old. Uh, oh yeah, a week and a half, a week right. old. And um, the episode that came out Right after that was OEC and we already recorded, so we didn't have anything to say kind of about them. So we at least wanted to, you know, say something about it. Just say like, hey, obviously, and, and um, Billy posted on Nightmare Story, obviously with the news and distancing themselves, getting rid of it. And um, yeah, I, you know, it's just, you know, what what you have to do. It's it's a very... When you make business relationships, some some uh, some things have to align. And if that if those two things don't align and they're very important to each of them, then there's there's a conflict and they just go their separate ways and that's what happens. Yeah, um, and it I doesn't think- matter what what D Fame was saying in his picture, uh, how 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 much people may not like it, and but the fact that Billy just doesn't agree with it, as a lot of people haven't been agreeing with it, um, he decides to go his own separate ways. And I just wanted to make it clear that he is separate from whatever people yes. have been seeing on that. Yeah, people are getting mad. They're like, "Oh, I'm never gonna buy a beer." It's like, yeah, it's not. It's not the same person. It, these are two separate entities, and now they've totally separated. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Billy uh, back in January. I met. I talked to him briefly at Twelve Percent. Um, like, you know, had a you know crazy mohawk and was wearing this like you know metal shirt, and seems like a guy who'd be like you know tough and and would kind of be closed off. And like he was one of the nicer people I'd met that day. Um, and immediately he was like, ah, try, you know, try my sour. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, he, he was so quick to be welcoming and, and all of that. And just based on what the post was, uh, was very the opposite, uh, I think of what nightmare and Billy are trying to do. So, um, it's a decision you got to make, you know, sometimes this, this shit happens and, um, you, you really don't like to see it. It's a very weird time in everyone's in society just overall. So we're here to, spread, you know, respect and positivity and right. Um, and I, yeah. and I want to, I want to make sure that the people out there who are, who are right holding, who are helping people move forward like nightmare is and like this whole beer community is are elevated. I really like, I've been saying this way before this moment, but I really want to have Billy on. I want to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, man. I told you, I, I want to talk to him about music. I want to talk to him about his beer, about the aesthetic he's trying to create with his beer how he stands out from the rest of the community. Billy, if you're listening to this man, anytime you want to come on, yeah, uh, we would love to have well, him. Uh, yeah, he, he seems like an interesting guy because his beer is like really good and really strong. We can always note the time when uh, my girlfriend, I had the sour and the 17% stuff that he made. And Mar, former uh, guest on the show, <laughs> was celebrating you know, being done with school, she wasn't really looking and the nightmare like designs are all the same kind of color scheme. So if you look quick for the most part, like if you look quick, oh, I'm just going to pull up here. Yeah. It's like black, it was sour. white, and red a lot. She pulled out the sour, what she thought was a sour, ended up being um, scaphism. 
And at that point I was drinking a 10% scotch ale that I was having a struggle with. And I'm sitting at my desk. She's behind me. She's like, Oh my God, what is this? Oh, is that, that was a nightmare beer. That was a nightmare. Oh my God. For those at home, I was playing call of duty with Tyler <laughs> and, uh, I hear her in the background and it was a 17%, right? Yeah, that's that's their that's their stout, and she's like, "Can you can you drink this?" And I'm not gonna like throw the beer out. The no, beer is like, I, so you he muscled was, through it. <laughs> yeah, he was rated the number one new brewery in the country in 2019, number two in the world because of that beer. And I was like, "Yeah, I I have to like suck it up." And after this 10, percent I gotta drink a 17 percent stout and and just go go with uh, my night. But uh, it was worth it. My whole point is Nightmare makes great beer. If you can find it, pick it up. Apparently, it was found in Australia. So they were able to distribute in Australia. So it's around That's the world, fantastic. man. They're spreading, spreading the Nightmare away. But uh, had to say something about it. Uh, don't want to spend too much but, time on it. But that being said, crazy. because we had a fantastic interview with Ken of Best oh, yeah. Trivia Ever. Um, what a cool opportunity this was. Like it just, It's just, Ty, we just, keep, we just keep having these cool opportunities, man. We just keep getting meet big new people in this in this scene that aren't just brewing beer yeah <laughs> that aren't that are around the beer industry that are connected but you know whether it's um kevin from uh beerfest.com nct beer nct beer or if it's full pour right yeah. or Nicole. if it's the guild we have phil and cat like people that aren't it's not always about the actual beer like what are you making yeah right we get these people around it who are helping lift the community up. And that's what Ken is. He's another one of just, if you're going to a brewery and uh, they got really cool, fun trivia, a lot of people are into that now. Um, chances are that it's his company, best trivia ever. They try to um, create a, a, a more modern, interesting, entertaining approach to what could be a very boring trivia night. And they make it a lot more fun and engaging. And so make, people are having fun nights when they could just be sitting around drinking. They, could be, they can be doing something else. Um, hang in there. We ask a lot of great questions. We get a lot of insight how to do our jobs better. Yeah. And then at the end, I do trivia with Tyler and Ken. And you'll have to hang in there to see who wins. Yeah, it turns out I suck at trivia. So, boom. Turns My out that's... Ken was also telling us that he's bad at trivia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, it, it was one of the more unique interviews that we've done. And I say that all the time, but th this one was truly unique. Um, he not only, you know, started his own business, but he, he, he's had a podcast. He's had a radio show. He's, he's been in this industry for a while and we're obviously so new to it. Um, it was great to kind of like sit down, be a little bit uh, more, more on the serious side, not this, you know, no, just we had we, it was dilly dilly time. It was good. It was very insightful. I wanted to learn about him. I wanted to learn about what he's doing. He's obviously super knowledgeable, and a lot of that information helped us. But let's not let's not waste any more time. Let's give people what they want, Tyler. That's right. So coming up next, we have Ken Tuccio, the founder of Best Trivia Ever. Have a listen, enjoy. We're going to see you guys in the next episode. As always, raise hail and praise Dale. Go out and love those around you, and we'll uh, see you in the next episode. Bye. All right. <laughs> we are back. Uh, we're joined here with another great guest, another person incoming. You might see him 
well, I can't even think of it. You might see him as the owner and founder of Best Trivia Ever, going around to different breweries across Connecticut, both in person and virtually. We are more than excited to welcome on Ken Tucho to 1056 Podcast. Ken, thank you so much for uh, coming on. What's up, guys? How are you? We're good. We're We're good. We're, trying we're to gonna live. try to do this interview on what Tyler would call quarantine brain. So you know, <laughs> yeah. you cracked the beer open yet, and we might sound like we have. Yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, right before we um, got on, I cut my finger trying to uh, replace a light bulb in my fridge. So it's that's how you get yourself pumped up. You get yourself pumped up by bleeding, and you know, yeah. you're like a UFC fighter. You got to punch yourself in the face a few <laughs> times. Yeah, up, and then you come on your podcast. I got like a micro shock, so I felt it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is alive. And Now ride that lightning. Ride the lightning, you know? Get the just, Metallica through you. Yeah, I was like, all right. I just <laughs> came, I kicked down my door, and I sat down here. I said, all right, let's make this work. So, um, so yeah, in any case, thanks for coming on. And um, I will ask really quick, because it's related to kind of how we're doing this through Zoom, uh, how has it been? trying to do trivia like virtually and just wrangle people to like pay attention and try to not cheat and things like that. <laughs> um, so we were pretty fortunate. So we were prepping, um, we were prepping for a potential shutdown a week or two before it actually happened. Um, you know, one of the good things is, you know, throughout the years I've developed a good number of relationships uh, with uh, people throughout the state, especially in Hartford. So I kind of got word that something was going to happen. So um, you know, we started, uh, we started hearing rumblings and then I got word, um, I got word, I believe the Sunday before the shutdown, the shutdown was Monday, the 16th. Mm -hmm. And I got word, uh, Sunday, the 15th that tomorrow Lamont is either going to announce when the shutdown is going to happen for bars and restaurants, or, uh, he's just going to announce the shutdown. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we conceptualized virtual trivia um, relatively quickly. We put it together in one Sunday afternoon. Like I was, wow. I, had, I had done one Zoom call before then, just coincidentally. Um, so I was quasi familiar with Zoom. So myself and my general manager uh, sat down and tried to figure out uh, what can we do to, you know, kind of continue on with the company. I mean, we're an entertainment company whose entire purpose is bringing large groups of people together in an enclosed space. <laughs> yeah. So the, the pandemic you know, when, when that's frowned upon, that makes it a little difficult. So mm -hmm. um, we, we put it together relatively quickly. Um, keeping trivia going from a virtual level, people were hungry for stuff. That's one of the things we found right away. Um, in the beginning, people were interested in new opportunities. They were interested in things that were different. So the virtual stuff was really successful out of the gate. Um, I thought when we first went in um, that as the months went on, that would start to wean. And I think anyone outside of business saw that happening. You saw the virtual happy hours kind of going away. You saw, mm. you know, the, the fun Instagram stories of people with their quarantinis, uh, you know, and all that, all yeah. that crazy shit. You saw that kind of stuff slowly fading away. But um, right out of the gate, uh, it went, it did really well. And it remained steady. I mean, we, we, definitely, we definitely didn't do our normal numbers. Um, yeah. it, it was steady for us. Um, but more importantly than that, it, it kind of kept us relevant. And mm -hmm. that was the most important thing for us. You know, the, you know, our entire, one of the things I take pride in with this company is that we, we try to remain relevant, not only within like what the zeitgeist is talking about in the pop culture landscape, but we remain relevant in the Connecticut scene. I want people to always go on our Instagram feed and for it to be a constant fluid moving 
you know, vision of what BTE is. So mm -hmm. that allowed us to maintain engagement with our audience. It allowed us to remain fresh. It allowed us to kind of create a little bit. We were able to do more creative things with Zoom that we couldn't necessarily get away with in a live show, um, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. It was a creative outlet. Um, it gave a lot of my hosts an extra payday, which was great for them because, you know, they lost out on their part-time income when this whole thing shut down. Right. Um, but it served its purpose for us. Like, listen, we, you know, our revenue dropped significantly because of the pandemic. I mean, which was expected. We prepped for it. Um, but, you know, it served the purpose in terms of allowing us to remain engaged with the audience and for them not to forget about BTE, you know, while right. they were sitting at home, not able to go anywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. We said that at the same time. Um, now, you, I'm looking on like your site now, the, your whole like about us was to do trivia that like doesn't suck. And you know, it's pretty plain and simple there. Um, <laughs> it was too geeky before is kind of how you said it, more or less. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good summary, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, ask and, your question because I got, I got one too. <laughs> so my, my whole thing was like, what was uh, the, the kind of like the one thing you wanted to change about doing like trivia at like breweries and bars and things like that, that you think you've been able to accomplish that's sort of separated you from other competitors? We've appealed to an audience of people who don't normally go to trivia. That's kind mm. of the way to summarize it. Um, if you, so I had been to, I had been to trivia nights previously. Like my wife and I, when we first started dating, we're going to local trivia nights. It was just a weekly night out thing that we do. We'd go, mm. we'd go to the bar, we'd play. And I never personally liked them because to me, they were really, really fucking boring. They were, you know, it was always just, it was always some stereotypical old dude sitting behind a bar reading Trivial Pursuit questions with no entertainment value. Um, it, you know, I don't go to a bar and have any interest in talking about like Millard Fillmore. Like, I don't think like anyone like goes to the bar and is like, I really want to start talking about unknown presidents of the United States. Like that's not right. an engaging thing. Um, so what ended up happening is uh, I'm really good friends with the guys from the Blind Rhino in South Norwalk. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had approached me um, because I'm, I was there all the time anyway. And they had talked about doing a trivia night and my background is obviously entertainment. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll do a trivia night for you guys. Um, and when I was putting it together, um, I kind of thought to myself, what is the kind of trivia night that I would want to play? And I didn't want to play a trivia night where it was like history, geography, science, questions about the periodic table. I wanted to do, stuff that I knew about. So I kind of thought to myself, what are things that my friends and I enjoy talking about? What are things that my friends and I enjoy? Just what are our hobbies? What are our interests? Mm -hmm. So instead of doing categories about geography, we would do categories about Will Ferrell movies. Instead of doing categories about the periodic table, we would do Nickelodeon. We would do things that were engaging and we would incorporate in, I would incorporate in, um, you know, history and science, random questions like that. But we were appealing to, I was trying to appeal to me. And it ended up blowing up at the Blind Rider, just like completely crushed. Um, the audience that was coming in were people that traditionally were not going to trivia nights. You know, mm -hmm. not to stereotype the audience, but the majority of people who go to trivia nights are that stereotypical older demographic, a little geeky, a little nerdy. And that's fine. That's something they enjoy we were getting people coming in who are the same people that you would see on a Saturday night at Blind Rhino buying shots at the bar and staying there until 1 a.m. And yeah. the mentality that they were coming for a trivia night is kind of wild when you think about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. so it, was, uh, it worked out really well with the Blind Rhino. And then I was, I'm really good friends with Kevin and the gang from No Worries. And uh, Kevin had another trivia company and he was not happy with them. 
And he's like, you do it at Blind Rhino and you come here and drink beer with us. Why don't you do it here? And I was like, okay. And I looked at it as another excuse to hang out with my buddies on a different night of the week. Mm-hmm. So I did it. And I did the same style of show and it crushed there. Mm-hmm. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off in my head and said, okay, so it's working in two different types of establishments, a sports bar and a brewery in two different areas of the state. And it's drawing people in who normally don't go to trivia. Um, it seems to work. So why don't we try to build it out? And my entire goal when I started building it out is the hosts that I hired had to be people who are entertainers. They were people who work in radio, stand-up comedy, actors, actresses, that kind of thing. People who know how to work a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, the categories had to appeal to that 21 to 35 year old demo. Um, whatever, I would literally look at everything the other trivia companies in the state were doing. And the trivia companies that are my main competitors have been around for over a decade. Like they've been doing this for over a decade. I would look yeah. at everything they were doing and I would say, what can I do that's different? And, and knock on wood, it worked. It went from those two shows with those two shows that I was running independently. We started branding it best trivia ever. And then two shows became three, three became four. And by the time the, uh, when we shut down or paused, as I like to say, because of the pandemic, we were running around 180 shows a month across Connecticut and New York, um, which, which is wild. And we did that in, under in under two years our two-year anniversary is in august so when you take into consideration that these other companies have been around for over a decade and within two years we were able to kind of lap them and appeal to a completely different audience i mean it it, it's something i'm pretty proud of and you know it was it's a win for everybody it's a win for us it's a win for the audience and it's a win for the breweries or the bars that bring us in because it's a you know it's a night of the week when normally they wouldn't be that busy so if we can pack a bar farm on a wednesday night Sure. Fuck yeah. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah. You found, you found a gap. You found uh, a need that maybe people didn't even know they wanted. Um, that, that's, that's where great ideas come from. I don't know if it's, it was probably you guys, but I used to go to trivia at Brewport. And no, that's not. That wasn't you? Then forget <laughs> it. It was awful. I'm just <laughs> but I, 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 I enjoyed those trivia nights because they kind of try to accomplish a similar goal. I don't even know who it was. You know, I no, they don't. <laughs> I know that. I know the company you're talking about. No, they the, don't. The nights that I went, they, they tried something a little bit different than what could have been. But okay. I, 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 I appreciate like the uh, go. I've gone to other trivia nights and I, it hasn't been a while because I stopped going to trivia. I'm terrible at trivia. Like yeah. awful. doesn't matter if it's, it could, I, I have very specific interests. So it has to really be in my wheelhouse for me to like know anything. Otherwise I sit there and just drink my beer and whatever eat food (laughs) the thing i I love about it is at least once a month i will get an email from like a trivia purist who will go to one of our shows and just send me an email about how what we're doing is not trivia because we're (laughs) what we're pop pop culture based so like if you're someone who's one of those traditional trivia purists and you're going there expecting trivial pursuit and instead you're getting questions about you know uh you know taylor swift music videos you're, you're probably not that happy about the night, but we'll get those emails from people who say what you're doing is, is not real trivia. That's not trivia. That's pop culture nonsense, which I turned into a t-shirt because I loved pop culture nonsense as a, as a tagline. That's an amazing uh, tagline. But it's, oh it's one of those things. We just appeal to a different audience. Like, uh, like the company that you're speaking of <laughs> is one of the companies when I, uh, when I began doing this, um, here's a fun story I've never told publicly. This is a good one. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when I started first conceptualizing the idea of doing best trivia ever and expanding it out, 
you know, I've, I mean, I've been self-employed for over a decade at this point. So this is not my first business that I've started. And when you're starting a business, you start doing market research. So what I did is I uh, went to Trivia Nights that the other competing companies were doing because I wanted to make sure that I saw what my competition would be doing. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to one of the Trivia Nights that they were doing. Um, one of the Trivia Nights that they were doing at a, at a bar. I forget the name of the bar. But they were, they were doing it at a bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who was hosting it is actually the owner of or the owner of one of my competitors. He was the guy who was hosting it that night. The owner of the... Thing. So my wife and I go and we didn't stay the whole time because I pretty much after two or three rounds kind of got the understanding of what it was, um, which was, you know, that traditional kind of trivial pursuit, trivial and trivia night. Um, but I go in there and I remember my wife was with me and we grabbed some dinner and she was like, well, what do you want to name your team? So I named my team market research. And, and I just, I kind of like the way everything turned out. I thought it was really <laughs> funny like handing in an answer sheet to the guy who's the owner of the company now, who for the record hates my fucking guts. Um, (laughs) At this point, he does not like me. Um, But it's, you know, I enjoy the fact that like, okay, that's kind of a fun way for this story to start. Like I attended one of your trivia nights and named the team market research, but listen, listen, I'll make jokes and I'll kind of like, I'll make jokes and I'll kind of knock what those companies do just because Mm -hmm. that's my personality. I mean, you Mm -hmm. guys don't know me that well, but I'm sort of an asshole. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm sort of an asshole and I think anyone would tell you that I have an air of arrogance to me but um, listen there's an audience for that kind of stuff right. um, we just do something completely different like yeah. you know it's it's you know, some people some people love two roads other people love beard some people you know love OEC like it really depends on what your what your audience is um, so there's obviously a market for what they do we do things differently we appeal to a different audience we have a different approach um, neither are really right or wrong. We just kind of treat it differently, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah, it doesn't really sounds like the those purists, which is so whack to me, because I, I there's always some purist group in any in everything, in everything. It doesn't matter what it is. There's these purist groups. And it sounds like they finally were asked questions that they don't know the answers to. So they're like, this sucks. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> spent all their time learning US history and they don't know anything about like uh, movies. Anthony Bourdain had a great quote, which was, uh, if you're if you're doing something that everybody likes, you're doing something wrong. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, to me, that's the truth. Like, I don't, I, I was having this conversation with somebody the other week where they were like, well, why don't you start trying to appeal to a wider audience and like an older audience? And I was like, that's not what the brand is. You know, I want the brand to always be appealing to that 21 to 35 year old demo. I want that brand to always be something that's going to be appealing to that audience. If the older demographic wants to go out for trivia, cool, please, by all means go out, but our show's probably not going to be your cup of tea. And that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. That's why there's different items on a menu. Right. Right. The one thing that stuck out to me and kind of what put you guys on the map, um, as far as us, like the podcast, all that was the WrestleMania, our, um, trivia at Tribus and you brought in like ah. a ring yeah, the rest and, of the- yeah. yeah and i was like what the fuck i was like this, um, i was like is it some prop thing and i saw the photos and it was like no it was like a full ring inside tribus which like is big but not like you know massive i was like jesus i was like who are these people um, your reaction your reaction of being like who are those people is exactly why we brought a fucking wrestling ring into tribe <laughs> i will tell you i will tell you one of the most fun conversations i have had in my history of bte was sitting down with with sean and sebastian and saying guys 
I want to bring a wrestling ring and put it in the middle of your brewery. And they were, and Sean was like, you want to do what? And, then we were <laughs> yeah. it out, and it was, a, but it was, it was such a fucking, I mean, I'll say it was a fucking flex. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was, yes. it was a, it was an amazing night. It was really fun. But the rea- the reason I did it is because I'm a big fan of like creating a scene. Like I want people to go on social media and look and be like, what the fuck? Why was there a, why did this trivia company put a wrestling ring in the middle of a brewery and pack it out for trivia? How does that even work? Yeah. It was a, that was a crazy, that was a crazy night. I love that. It's one of my favorite ones. I'm really disappointed. We were supposed to actually be running um, a, we were running, so that event was called Slam. We were running the second Slam. It was supposed to be, uh, it was you know, March 19th, which the we, it ended up being the week that everything shut down. So we didn't get to run it, but it was going to be, we were running five wrestling matches live inside Tribus with trivia intertwined in the show. And I'm, that's, if there's one thing with this pandemic that I'm kind of sad did not happen, it was, it was that event because oh, it, that's rough. Yeah, it was crazy. That is, uh, so the, yeah, so there was actual wrestling. That is. No, 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 not that night. There was going to be this year. That, oh. that, so the first night we had, um, there, so I used to work in the professional wrestling, uh, in the professional wrestling industry. Oh, wow. um, so I know a lot of, a lot of pro wrestlers. I, I have a lot of connections in that industry. So one of my good friends is a guy named Tommy Dreamer. Um, he was a WWE wrestler, ECW wrestler. Um, so I reached out to him and he came in and he hosted it. So basically it was wrestling themed trivia hosted by Tommy Dreamer inside of a wrestling ring. And he did these cool Q and A's in the middle. Um, but it was like, it was cool. It was different. It had a celebrity element and you know, it was free of charge for people. So it was like, why the fuck would you not come out and have a good time? And I look at that as just kind of like a massive, a massive, for lack of a better term, marketing expense. It's like, I want to do that. I want people, if people ask me, why didn't you charge admission to it? It's because I didn't want to charge admission. I wanted people to come in and see what we do, because if we can put on a production like that, then not only are consumers going to look at it and say, you guys can absolutely put on a good show in a brewery, but ideally uh, in a brewery or a bar under normal circumstances, but ideally, you know, potential clients like bars, restaurants, and breweries are going to be like, well, if this company's professional enough to run this kind of crazy event. I definitely want them in on a Tuesday night to, you know, run weekly trivia for us. It's you're creating, oh, yeah. you're creating a memory. You're creating an, uh, an experience. I want right. them to look at our, I want them to look at our social media and then compare it to the trivia company, the other trivia company's social media. And if our trivia company's social media is packing Tribus with a wrestling ring and a celebrity hosting the show, and the other trivia companies are reusing the same flyer every day of the week, you know, at the end of the day, it's just us kind of speaking for ourselves. Right. Yeah. Differentiating yourself a lot. 100%. Um, what were we going to ask, Jeff? Sorry. I didn't mean to speak over you. Well, I mean, I've been wanting to just ha- get into um, – your, your experience before Best Trivia ever. You said you worked in uh, the wrestling industry and you worked in entertainment. And I was just curious, what, what was your experience leading up to this, this new path? Oh, that's a long question. Uh, so well, that's interesting because I have a remaining meeting time for eight minutes on my screen. <laughs> yeah. So you Whoa. have eight minutes. <laughs> no, okay. um, so I, I will start kind of with that wrestling's a different thing. So I owned a wrestling com- uh, merchandise company called Barbershop Window. Um, yeah. we, produced, uh, we produced wrestling related t-shirts. Um, and we did that for a couple of years. It was, a, it was a company, we shipped shirts, you know, nationally and internationally. It was a very successful company. I ended up selling that company years ago. Um, and then from there, 
um, after I sold that company, I was kind of looking for something else I wanted to do. And um, I ended up launching a podcast called Welcome to Connecticut. And yes. it was, I mean, we were talking before we, before we like lit up the mics about how many podcasts there are out there with like the craft beer scene. Right. When, I, when I started, you guys are very fortunate. When I started, I had to explain to people what a podcast was. Like the, you know, people didn't, people didn't, people didn't know what it was. And the people Thanks for paving the way for us, no problem. Yeah. but no, listen, dude, fucking crush it. But people, I had to explain what a podcast was and the people who didn't know what a podcast was never thought it could be a professional media venture. They looked at it as, you know, it's a kid sitting in his basement, like, you know, talking into a microphone and, you know, I launched welcome to Connecticut and uh, that became very, very, very successful. From Welcome to Connecticut, I got a TV show with WTNH News Channel 8 mm -hmm. called The Local Drinking Show. Um, and then from there, I became the morning show host for 95.9 The Fox. Um, and then after I left The Fox, you know, that's that whole story I told earlier about, you know, how Best Trivia Ever started. Um, but kind of my ties into the beer community came from Welcome to Connecticut. You know, I was a big fan of the craft beer scene in Connecticut. So when I was reaching out for, you know, we, we interviewed anybody. I interviewed anybody with Welcome to Connecticut as long as they had ties to Connecticut. So, mm. you know, um, I had, you know, so I was local businesses, local media personalities. Jerry Springer did my show. Judd Apatow did my show. Normani Ooh. from Harmony did my show. So uh, I had all these, like, we, it was a nice mix where one week we would have half full brewery. The next week would be, Aron Sanchez from Chopped. I would have. Let's go around. I would have Phil. I would have. I've had Phil and Brad from Two Roads, or like the guys from the Blind Rhino, and then I'd have, you know, Judd Apatow or Jim Ross or like wow. big name celebrities. So we would. It would be a nice, healthy mix. Um, but I got to know so many people in the beer community through that show, um, where we all became friends. Um, you know, I became friends. They would come over my house for the Kentucky Derby. I would go to their weddings. We, my wife and their wives would hang out and it became kind of like a, just a natural sort of thing. When, when best trivia ever launched, I already had so many of these relationships already established where they knew me, they knew the way I did business. And, you know, it just kind of was a natural progression. Um, that's kind of the cliff notes version because I could, I've done so fucking much. It's annoying. But <laughs> And I, but that's kind of the cliff note version of kind of like the background a little bit, but I'm happy to dive into more if you want, you tell me. Man, I mean, well, going back to like the Welcome to Connecticut, like when you have these people like Judd Aptow and Jerry Springer, is it something we have to like prep questions? Is it polish? Is it something or are you having the same like mentality and attitude towards someone who makes all these movies and this and that, who does interviews all the time to a brewery or anything like that. How, did that change at all? Like how you would approach an interview? No, um, I would never prep for an interview. I would, I would nice. always want, my, my thought process was always, I want to learn as I'm going in. Yep. Um, you know, as the show got more successful, there would be certain things I'd have to hit. So like Judd Apatow, as an example, when he came on my show, I was dealing with his agent and his agent was having him come on this show because he was doing a media tour to promote, I believe he would have a stand-up comedy special or something going on. So I knew I would have to steer the conversation and get that one plug in for the, for the stand-up comedy show. Mm -hmm. uh, but I believed in like, I, the reason I started Welcome to Connecticut is I hated the way local media was presenting things. Because if you turn on, if you turn on local news or you turn on local radio, um, it was always those canned interviews where it's like, you know, here is this amazing chef from so-and-so pizza place. Tell me why your pizza is so delicious. And <laughs> I didn't like that. 
I wanted to have raw conversations. I was a big fan of uh, WTF with Mark Marin. I was a big fan of the oh, yeah. Joe Rogan experience. So I said, why can't yeah. we take that concept and apply it locally where it's these casual conversations with human beings who happen to be doing things locally. So, you know, I had Stu Leonard from Stu Leonard's on my show. And, you, and, and he was like, it, it, compared to other interviews he's done, it was, he was so unguarded. He, was, he told a story on my show about getting stoned on a bus in India and how <laughs> he had been about that's why he decided he had to go and work with his family. But that's the kind of stuff I wanted. I wanted it to be raw. I wanted mm. it to be, you know, I wanted it to be genuine. I had Teresa DeFore from WTNH, like the host of CT Style, like oh, a yeah. local personality. She was on my show and we talked about the creepy guys who like send her weird messages on Instagram and Facebook. God, and, I can only imagine. Like, but no one else locally was doing that. It yeah. was, it was always so canned. Um, and we gained an audience. Like we were doing, we were doing double digit, we were doing five digit listens on a weekly basis by the time I got my radio show. Wow. Um, you know, it was, it was a very successful, that's how I made my living for years. It was, it was crazy. And then we had live events with it. It was, it was a whole wild thing. It was a weird, it was a weird time in my life for something that started from like a $600 Amazon purchase of a Zoom. jeez oh my god that's incredible yeah i i knew about the podcast i you know full hand up like haven't listened to it but it's one of those things like i I gotta check this out and it just kind of added to your resume of just like how you started popping up as far as like the beer industry went so that i was like we have to have you reached out and it was one of those things like oh it'd be great if he came on and you reach out and we're like oh great well, our mutual That's friends, our, our, the reason I reached out is our mutual friends have told me I have to do your show. So like Phil from the Guild and Tom M and other guys like that Shout were kind of like, him. you know, this is, these are good guys and it would be a good outlet. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's, let's talk to them. And I listened to some of your stuff. I liked it. Um, Grassroots baby. But, yeah. But I mean, it's, um, for me, every, everything connects like, mm-hmm. you know, barbershop window, the pro wrestling shirt thing led to me having the opportunity to do welcome to Connecticut. And Welcome to Connecticut allowed me to have the connections to get the radio show. And the radio show allowed me to have the connections to meet all these local me- all these local personalities who ended up becoming hosts for Best Trivia Ever. And then, you know, those connections with the bars and breweries allowed Best Trivia Ever to flourish. Everything connects into each other. It's just yeah. it's something that was never really planned, but it's worked out well. I'm not complaining. Gotcha. All right. Let me um, stop recording here. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll, we'll be right back. And we're back. Sorry if I blew your eardrums out, gentlemen. So the answer, Ken, to the to your Instagram question is Max Payne, by the way. Oh, good job. Yeah. How'd you know that? Because, dude, that Max Payne was made by Rockstar Games, dude. Pay attention. Was it really? Eventually. Not uh, originally, but they not, bought the... God awful movie. <laughs> I bet it was. It's Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis based on a video game movie. There's been like three good video game movies out there ever. What's the best video game movie of all time? Super Mario Brothers. There you go. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Were you going to say that? No. I really <laughs> like the Sonic movie that just came out. That was oh. fucking dumb, and I loved it. I do have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for Doom with The Rock. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for that one. And then there's an, a god-awful U-Bowl House of the Dead movie, which... Did you never seen that one? No, I never did. 
they incorporated video game footage. It's a first person zombie shooter. Yeah. They incorporated video game footage into the actual movie, which is about as bad as you can expect it to be. It's, yeah. it's awful. But yeah. Um, so I actually had a question while I was getting a Band-Aid because um, I don't know how to fix a refrigerator. Um, Cut your finger off, dude. Right on air. Dude, I should. Oh, now that's ASMR content. <laughs> that is content. Um, so when you've been switching over to like, you know, doing the virtual trivia and just with my job, I'm on Zoom like every second of the work week how as a host like i don't know if you're hosting all these or not but how annoying is it to try and like i kind of asked this initially to get everyone on the same page and the one person who like doesn't mute their mic and like all these like nuanced issues that happen when you have like 200 people in is it absolutely frustrating like does it like is it better than in person like i i was curious about specifically the experience between in person and virtual um it's definitely not better than in person. In person <laughs> is what we do best. Yeah. Um, when we were developing the virtual show, our entire goal was how do we mimic our live show experience in a virtual format? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've tried to do is just that. So like if you log into one of our virtual shows and we're still running one virtual show a week because there are people who still are quarantining and that's cool. So we want to give them something. Um, but what we do is like, if you log in, we urge everyone to log into our show five to 10 minutes early. And much like you do when you come to our shows and bars, we have music going mm-hmm. and, you know, music playing over the, over the system and, you know, kind of just trying to adding to the atmosphere. Um, we have a, excuse me, we have a live host and that live host is engaging with the audience. Um, you know, we try to mimic the live show experience as well as we possibly can. You can never do it exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, I've hosted one or two of them. Um, and it's not the same experience. It's, it's different, but in a good way, it's, it's, it's its own kind of different experience. There's things you can get away with on zoom that you can't get away with in live shows. Um, as far as people not muting the microphone, we have, uh, we have one of those fucking ridiculous pro plans at this point. So I just mute everybody besides the host. So you can't talk. And I've had people who have like privately messaged myself or whoever the staff is running the shows being like, can you take us all off mute? And it's like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not um you know but the biggest the biggest challenge honestly with the virtual shows was really quickly trying to figure out the best way to structure it and there was a lot of development that had to go go into it we our shows are normally five rounds 10 questions per round our virtual shows are two rounds 25 questions each um we had to build our own virtual answer sheet for them um we had to put together rules for the show tiebreakers for the show um, we had to t- retrain our hosts as to the way to run the virtual shows compared to the, um, compared to the live shows. And, you know, it, it's kind of worked out where, you know, the, the guy who's hosting our Wednesday night virtual is a host named Scott. And uh, Scott is, you know, Scott is living in Brooklyn right now, which is one of the, which is, you know, not the best area to be right now in, in the COVID world. Um, but it's great for him. And he's made the comment to me, which to me makes the virtual all worth it because I think probably other people feel this way. He said, it's given him some sense of community and some sense of purpose during this, where he knew that every Wednesday, um, he would be together with, with friends. Like essentially we're all getting together and we're playing trivia and for 90 minutes, forget about how shitty the world is outside. And what was kind of cool is a couple of our, a couple of our accounts, um, blind rhino, Reverie Brewing, Dockside Brewing, um, these places said, hey, we want to engage our audience. We want to run trivia nights. 
So they were doing virtual nights with us and it was a virtual trivia night. And it was kind of cool because we'd see all the people who regularly go to Reverie or regularly go to Blind Rhino or regularly, or not regularly go to Dockside, but people who were excited about going to Dockside. Yeah. Basically coming together and saying, okay, cool. Now we're all going to hang out virtually and let us be the entertainment, which is kind of what we were. But yeah, the toughest part of it was just kind of the figuring out the structure, which at this point we have it down to a science. Um, it's a little bit more complicated to run than a live show. Um, but you know, we're going to continue doing it as long as people want it. And you know, if there's a need for it and there are people who can't leave their house for whatever reason, we're going to give them an option. There's no reason that you guys have to be completely, there's no reason that people who can't leave their house for whatever reason they have should be without entertainment of some sort. You shouldn't just be forced to sit around, you know, watching the politician over and over again on Netflix. Like there's other stuff to do. And I say that saying the politician is a great show. I love the politician, but I can't watch it for so great job getting to Dockside and like getting your business in there because that place is booming right now as far as I'm like, it's all things considering that place is doing very well. It's, you know, so we were, um, we were, so yeah, they're, they're amazing people. Um, yeah. And yeah, so we're going to be doing live shows in Dockside uh, beginning August or September at this point. Right now they are so in the weeds with like their crowds right now. I was there last night um, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of those guys. They're, um, they're absolutely crushing it. Um, yeah, myself and my GM, Mike, were there. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. We were there Saturday night. And that place was was jammed. And it was like, you know, people having a really good time. Um, and they're good people. And, you know, we were supposed to get in there. Uh, we were supposed to launch in there uh, late March, early April. Uh, we were supposed to start doing live shows. But then that just all basically paused. And now right. at this point, they're just so busy where, you know, I saw the owners uh, two weeks ago and they were like, we just want to focus on making sure we're doing everything and doing everything by the books, which, yeah. you know, in a space like that, it's difficult, but I'm, you know, so my, my, the first place my wife went out to um, after this was Dockside. We had reservations and we did dinner um, and she was even impressed where she's, we sat down at the tables, the tables were properly spaced. Everyone was wearing masks. The staff was there if there were those random people that were walking up the steps without their masks on, the staff was there telling them like, no, fuck you, put your mask on. Like, right. Well done. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's a difficult thing to do. We, you know, trying to keep Backward. people on the same page with it. Um, but yeah, they're doing a, they're doing a great job. We're pumped to get in there and actually do live shows because oh. that's, that place is just, that is everything I love in a brewery. I love the outdoors. I love other beers. Great. Andy's doing a great job at the beer. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, if you just can't beat the venue, like last night we were sitting in the beer garden on the water on a Saturday night, just, I mean, it's, it's, if you don't like that, I don't want to be your friend. Like you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not so good. It, it, it's been doing so well. I knew it was going to like explode just seeing the footprint of it and seeing where it was like, it was essentially a version of Stony Creek that was closer down Fairford County wasn't all the way out in Branford. Um, and yeah, I went there like a month ago at like random Saturday afternoon, still packed. Like, go, do you try to go to reserve a table during the week? You can't for like a day. Yeah, it's you just have like, to do it a week out. Like my, yeah. GM I, like, my GM and I knew we wanted to go. And I was like, okay, if you want to go Saturday, I, I reserved it last Sunday where mm -hmm. I was like, I have to reserve it a week out. Um, I was funny. I was telling uh, Andy Schwartz, who's like the head brewer there. I'm sure you know Andy. Yeah. Um, but I was telling Andy, like, when they first started doing takeout, I said, this may be a blessing in disguise for you guys because you know, you guys are the, yeah. like, they are the one brewery that no one's ever had. And if you're someone who's hanging at home 
and you want to support local breweries and you want to try a beer you've never tried, why not go to the brewery you've never tried and do some beer takeout, you know? And I think it, it may have been a blessing in disguise. It also allowed them to kind of focus on the beer, focus on the service, mm -hmm. and then slowly get into the fact that like, we're going to have a packed, you know, a packed place every weekend and, yeah. you know, give them steps, but they're doing a great job there. The beer's great there. The venue's great. That place is, yeah, that place is a summer spot, man. It's, oh, it's absolutely. Um, yeah, I love that spot. Um, actually, while you were, while we were talking about Dockside, it got me thinking more so about like in-person uh, trivia nights that you guys do. Have you, I shouldn't say maybe if, but like, how many times do you have to like kick people out for like being unruly, like hecklers? Like d does that happen? And like how often? Um, so we have, so this is one of the perks of having a staff that work in the entertainment field. Mm -hmm. um, if you work in entertainment in any way, shape or form, and you've hosted live events in any way, shape or form, and I can speak for this myself because I've done so many live events, it's, you're used to dealing with hecklers. Um, we never kick anybody out. Like best trivia ever won't kick anybody out. The steps that we have, and this is, you know, once again, we treat this as a professional business. We actually have best trivia ever guidelines and a handbook for our hosts. <laughs> and like the way one, the way we work it is we want our hosts to try to deescalate it. Like if mm -hmm. someone's heckling and someone's being an asshole, try to deescalate it on the microphone, try to deescalate it in person. Nine times out of 10, you know, someone just thinks someone maybe had a little too much to drink and thinks they're funnier than they are. And honestly, all it ever takes is just going over to them and being like, Hey man, I know you're just trying to have a good time, but can you do me a favor? And if you approach them like a human being, most people are going to be cool with it. In the event you have that one random person who's going to be an asshole. I mean, our rule of thumb is go to the management of the bar and Let them throw them out of their own business. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not our place. Like you don't, yeah. you don't bring a, you don't bring a stand up comic in to start kicking people out. That's what a bouncer is for. So yeah. like, our, jo our job is to go in and try to entertain people. We want to deescalate it. And most people are going to be cool with it. Um, when you just have a polite conversation with them because no one likes being called out for being an asshole. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, we don't deal with it. We don't deal with it nearly as much as you would think. You would okay. think that like, it's something you have to deal with all the time. I can count on one hand over the tens of thousands of shows we've probably done with Best Trivia Ever, the number of times where it was an, a big enough issue where I had to deal with it the next morning. Um, you know, and that's, you know, those are few and far between. Yeah. Now it's, I was usually, so it's usually just a guy who drank too much before he came to the bar and started drinking more. And, yeah. you know, here's what it is. I know. I was, I was ready for that. Like, I don't know. Cause I, like you say, like your demo is 21 to 35. It's a rowdy group of people, the wrestling things like, you know, that you're just bound to just create some sort of chaos. You're just putting people in, in a room. It's just going to happen. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked that it hasn't happened as much, which is good. It's, it's a good surprise. What we can also do, and I'm sorry to step on your time, oh, um, but what we could do too is like, we also try to make sure that there's, we structure the show in a way where we try to deescalate it as much as possible without going in. Like mm -hmm. we try not to do questions that are controversial. We try not, like you very rarely will hear the, hear the words President Trump out of the mouth of one of my hopes. <laughs> sure. Like stuff like that. Like we don't want to touch politics. We don't want to touch you know, we don't want to touch politics. We really don't want to touch about co on controversial current events, like anything sure. to cause that kind of head butting. People you are trying to get away too. You know, they're trying to not be in the news. Yeah. We want it to be like a really lighthearted kind of situation. Like there was a really funny situation. So we just, we relaunched shows 
a couple weeks back and uh, we were at No Worries and this was um, right after, or this is probably the week after the George Floyd protests started going all over, they started going crazy after his, after his murder. Um, and um, I remember my host there. So every week we will do a current events category. And I remember my host uh, on the microphone at No Worries is like round number three is current events. And there was this African-American gentleman who was sitting at a table at No Worries who stood up, he goes, you sure you want to do that? (laughs) It was really funny because we had no questions about, we had no questions about the George Floyd situation. Like he was expecting George Floyd questions. He got questions about Lady Gaga's Chromatica. Um, (laughs) But it was, but I actually, I like walked away from that, that situation. Like I was at that show and we all had a good chuckle about it, but driving home that night, that was something I was pretty proud of because I'm like, here's an African-American guy, a black guy who probably for the last 10 days has had nothing hammered over his head more than this awful thing that happened to George Floyd and you know, the black lives matter movement. And he probably came to no worries to be like, I want to have a fucking beer and I want to hang out with my friends and I don't want to deal with this. And probably the first moment he heard current events, he's like, God damn it. I, you know, because, you know, and it, it probably made him feel good. But like, you know what? Cool. We we want to be that lighthearted escape. We don't want to be, you know, we're, you know, I always, I take great pride in the fact that we're a professional operation that, you know, regularly drops the F-bomb in Instagram posts. Like, <laughs> we want to be that, we want to be that lighthearted place for you. We want to be mm-hmm. pretty casual. We want to be like fun. And, you know, when you can do that amidst these times with, you know, a pandemic and, you know, the most important racial movement of our, of our lifetime, like with all this crazy stuff going on and we can still be the outlet for you to come to a brewery and play trivia and have a few beers and have a good time. We could still do that. To me, that's fucking awesome. That's just great to me. Yeah. To be an escape, to be, uh, to go to a brewery is already an escape for you guys to add that with a lot more fun and flair is, is really a really great thing. Yeah. Um, what made me think of this also too, um, speaking of like kicking people out and this and that, have you, and obviously don't name names if you don't want to, but have you gone to a brewery, done it, and they're like, we don't want to see your face again? Like, it, it, has it ever happened where like just maybe the questions you asked, like it like rubbed someone the wrong way and you've gotten like not invited back to like work at a brewery? Because it, it does seem like there's a good reaction to see your Instagram stories people are having a great time it's sold out this that it's like who wouldn't want to do this no because that goes hand in hand with what we were doing before like we're not going to do questions that would kind of stir controversy True. like if you're if you were someone who's you know if, if you're someone who's going to be offended by the kind of questions we ask I feel really bad for you because <laughs> if, if, if you can get offended with questions about like Rachel McAdams in the notebook then god bless you living the rest of your life in peace how dare you ask questions about Nickelodeon I was a cartoon network kid <laughs> yeah, no like but I'm being serious like that's kind of like that that's why we try to be like you know we try to be Switzerland in a way like we just want to sure. we want to be like an escape so we've never had an issue with like uh, a venue being saying, Hey, these, you know, these questions aren't, you know, these questions aren't for us, get the hell out of here or like <laughs> offending our audience, get the hell out of here. Um, we've never really had that situation. Um, we've had situations where I've walked away from accounts because it wasn't the right fit for us. We've had mm-hmm. situations where the accounts have said, you know what, this isn't the right fit for our venue. You know, listen, not uh, it's dating. You know, not every date you go on is going to end in marriage. Some of them are going to be long-term relationships. Some of them aren't. Um, We're fortunate in that we are able to modify our business to fit most venues that we go to. 
Right. Um, and that's sort of what we do. We know that the crowd at Tribus is different than the crowd at Bad Sun. So we're going to have a different set of questions at one place than we will at the other, a different type of host at one place than we will at the other. Um, but yeah, no, we've never had a situation where, you know, someone was so offended where they were like, get out and never come back. <laughs> well, to bounce <laughs> off. You're running a successful business if that were the case. Right. Yeah. To bounce off his question, when you first started Best Trivia Ever and you were going to places trying to be pitching this idea, um, were, was there some opposition? Were people kind of skeptical about, about what you were proposing at all? In what way? In like, so like you said, a lot of people were used to a one form of trivia or what, looking like one thing. Well, when you went in and you were like, well, I'm going to propose something different. We're like, well, I don't know about that. That sounds too much fun. <laughs> more, people were, more people were surprised at the way that we carried ourselves mm. um, as a business because um, the majority of other companies that do trivia don't take it as seriously as we do. And, you know, they kind of take it as a gig. Like we do trivia, like, cool, we're going to put up speakers and we're going to ask questions and that's what it is. When we came in and we would show them what our, what our social, what our social media promotion is, when we would show them, you know, the hiring structure with our hosts. When we were able to explain things that we can do specifically for their venue to try to drive traffic in. And we would have answers to every question they would ask. They'd be more impressed than anything else because they've been dealing with, you know, a lot of, a lot of vendors or gig people who do in bar or in restaurant entertainment who, you know, come in and, you know, just hope they get handed cash at the end of the night or hope that their tab's taken care of. And I'm walking in there with a contract and a credit card authorization form. And they're like, Oh, Oh, you're, this is a business. And it's, you know, um, you know, so the reaction was more like, oh, you guys are, you guys are taking it seriously. And that's also the way we try to present ourselves when we use our social media. Like right. we try to present ourselves in a way where we're regularly updating. We're regularly engaging with our audience. We're, you know, regularly posting Instagram stories. Like you said, the Instagram stories of our shows and the videos of them every night. I want people to see that so that they see that like, you know, when you put the extra effort in, which is what we do. We, I, myself, my general manager, my marketing girl, the people who work with us, we, we bust our ass to, you know, all the time with best trivia ever to try to put forth the best product we possibly can. And right. I want to let people know that like that extra effort is going to end up relating to ideally higher sales on a slower night for you. We can, we're, we're going to ideally boost the numbers for, it. that's what we try to do. Um, so there was never kind of a pushback with people saying, we want a specific style of trivia. It was more people being like, well, this is a different approach to this than we've ever seen because we put more effort in than other people normally do. Right. Right. Yeah. Jeez. And I mean, in a way it's kind of the same mentality that Jeff and I have with the podcast. It's toes the line of we want to be legitimate and obviously talk with beer, like people in the beer industry businesses surrounding the beer industry and be able to get that exposure and that that to come in as well but then it's once we get in it's like hanging loose we're not these like buttoned up people asking like these fluff questions that you see it frustrates me too and that is something that we're always like trying to achieve so the fact that you brought that up it's it's very in line at least like in my mind of like what we're trying to do here you know what it is so and i went through the same thing when i launched my podcast it was like you Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be binary. You can't, you, you don't have to be one or the other. You don't have to be the super laid back person that you want to have a beer with or the super hardcore business guy who, 
you know, who like hands you a business card and walks out as soon as the show's over. It doesn't have to be binary. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I take great pride in the fact that we can be the sort of business that is lighthearted, is fun, appeals to that 21 to 35 year old demo. Wow. Side by side with this, we're the sort of business that a month and a half, two months ago had an entire Zoom staff meeting with everyone who's on our payroll to run through our brand new COVID-19 protocol and then have an entire COVID-19 protocol in place that if you go to our website and you click it, you can find everything that we're doing you know, at our shows above and beyond what the state guidelines are for COVID. And you know, we can, you can be professional, you can be, you know, you can be professional and also be fun. It's not, it's not one or the other. You don't have to make a choice with it. Yeah. And I feel that like, you know, none of our other competitors have any protocols in place for COVID where we spent a month and a half putting together like what we need to do and what changes we need to do with our shows to make sure that our customers feel safe and our vendors feel safe and our clients feel safe. You know, and we're still the kind of place where we're going to go and we're going to have some beers and have a good time and people are still going to have fun. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with you guys, with the podcast, I mean, I went through the exact same thing where I'll tell you the most important thing that you're going to run into is make sure you treat yourself professionally. Mm -hmm. If you take yourself seriously, everyone else will take you seriously. It's the places that don't. The places that don't take themselves seriously, no one else will take them seriously either. The only reason I was ever able to get Jerry Springer, Aron Sanchez, Judd Apatow, Normani, people like that on my show is because I treated it like a professional operation. Like you tell me to email you back on Tuesday, I'm emailing you back on Tuesday. You tell me to show up at 6.30 on a Tuesday night for a meeting, I'm showing up at 6.25 on a Tuesday night for a meeting. Like treat it professionally, but then when you need to be able to be casual, be casual. Um, I think too many people think like, I want to be the fun guy or I want to be the business guy. You can be both. You can, you can have fun while running a professional operation. And I'm telling you, those, those old guys asking about President Garfield's birthday at Trivia, they, 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 they ain't having meetings about protocols. They ain't doing that. <laughs> when I first launched the company and I showed up to like accounts that had some of those kind of trivia nights and, I, and they were talking about payments. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the credit card authorization form. I had some places that were like, well, our guy just wants to get paid in beer. And I'm like, <laughs> like, cool. Don't you want to pay bills? Yeah. I'm like, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to mail a can of beer to my mortgage company, but I'm pretty sure in four <laughs> months I'm going to be foreclosed upon. Yeah, right. Like, That's it's not true. the way that works. It's, you know, and that, that was the biggest challenge I had with this business is this is a business. This is a, this is a market like the trivia industry that really has been ignored from a professional level. Like, even on the large scale with some of the national companies, they don't treat it the way I believe a business should be run. They, they kind of, I don't know, take it as a tongue in cheek situation. They take it as like a fun gig. This is a business. We're an operation. There's a, there's a difference between a gig and a business. We're, Mm -hmm. we're a professional operation and that's what you hire when you get us. And that's, you know, that's the same thing you guys should kind of take into consideration when you're promoting your podcast or like trying to get guests for your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you present yourself in a professional way and you treat yourselves and you treat your product as a professional product on par with anything else out there, that's what people are going to see. That's what people are going to believe. And you're eventually going to get to where you need to be. You're right. Yeah. I, and I like that a lot. And I, I was going to allude to getting to like, you know, not what can we do? Cause you know, we're, 
posting this to you know the general public but it is good insight to see someone who is more established someone you know who obviously gets these guests on and it's always great to hear that just additional just like feedback and what you guys are doing and it's absolutely what we try to do my best kind of comparison is to be the guy who looks like he has no idea what what he's doing but in the back of his mind every step is like planned out it's like the in like the kung fu movies jeff you're the kung fu movie guy when yep. mm-hmm. like the the drunk fighting <laughs> where you're like sloppy and you're Jackie trying chan and the drunken master thank you Let's there you see he's I, I was waiting for him to alley-oop that but he gets he gets shit faced on wine dude and he sits there and he doesn't look like he know what he's doing and then all of a sudden a pop and that's a <laughs> that's <laughs> like the best analogy because i think in my mind at least and that's just how jeff and i've been you know knowing each other for 20 years like where maybe it can work it's never a guarantee but i was like maybe that avenue will be good and it's been a year and a half and it's like hey i'm ready to see what the next level is you know we're meeting all these new people talking to breweries talking to trivia companies like yourself it's just things that like i never imagined i don't think jeff you did either when we started this in you know early 2019 shifting the focus to beer so it's it's really crazy where it's gone so i appreciate the uh, your insight there the most important thing in life in general is reliability Mm-hmm. Like no matter what you do, it's reliability. It's being the guy who, if you say you're guy or girl, who, if you say you're going to be there at seven 30, you're there at seven 30 or you're yeah. there at seven 20. It's if you are engaging in emails with people for your podcast, making sure you're responding when they tell you to respond mm-hmm. and, you know, treating it like when I hopped on this zoom call, you guys were testing the microphones, you know, not yeah. just kind of like, not just like logging into a zoom call and free balling it. It's right. making sure you treat it as a professional operation. And if you put in the work with anything, it's going to take time, but you'll eventually get where you want to be. It's really just, you got to grind it out and yeah. just kind of know that at the end, like, you know, at the end, hard work trumps everything else. Like mm-hmm. that's what, that's, what's going to happen. If you, if you're willing to bust your ass with it in the end, you're going to get to where you want to be. So I have then, all right, since we're on the kind of advice train, then I'm going <laughs> to ride this a little bit. Cause my, my big thing with our podcast and, and I, is that I struggle with is that when do you know to make a change, right? When do you know, like, you have a formula of how you kind of run things. So, like, we have a formula of how we kind of been doing stuff. And if we wanted to see a certain level of growth in our thing, it's just like you wanted to see a certain level of growth in your product. How do you know when to make that change? Like, an idea is, like, that needs to change because something may not be working or, or it's that kind of idea. Don't be afraid to play around with anything no matter what the business is don't be afraid to experiment don't be afraid to play around you know we've tested things out even outside i tried out so many different things with the podcast whether it was songs of the week or um different kinds of sponsorship opportunities or live shows or you know a million different things like that some worked some didn't but just don't be afraid to try things out the worst case scenario is it's not going to work um but if you have a gut feeling that you want to change your format a little bit, or you have a gut feeling that you want to modify your, modify your show in some little way, try it out. You can always go back, mm-hmm. Like you can always, you can always change things up a little bit. Um, but there's no harm in trying that's evolution. No one wants the same meal every single day. If I'm right. serving you a burger with, if I'm serving you a burger with cheese, ketchup, mustard, and a pickle every night of the week, you might be a little shocked when I suddenly put onion on there, but you might say, Hey, that onion is fucking delicious. And then suddenly onion becomes part of the menu. 
Right. You know, just don't be afraid to experiment. Things, you know, try things. You know, listen, I've had, I've had far more failures than I've had successes. I just don't talk about them. It's, right. you know, the, you know, it's, you know, million things that just didn't work, but those million things that didn't work led to me getting to the things that did work. Yeah. You know? and, and, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. <laughs> and, I was just going to say, like, if I didn't, if I didn't just have, if I didn't just say, Hey, you know what, we're going to give this trivia company a try. I'm not talking to you guys and I'm not doing what I do now for a living. It's that's, not being, it, don't be afraid to make changes. Don't be afraid to try guys. Yeah. And I think that's, kind of a great point because we started out as a non-beer podcast. The first four episodes, it was Jeff and I just bullshitting because we're into video games, we're into technology and, you know, pop culture and this and that. And we were like, oh, we'll just do a podcast on that and we'll try to grow a following that way just organically. And Jeff is a little bit more honest than I am, <laughs> like in the friend group. I'm not like a liar, but, I, you know. Ken, like, I was oh. basically very, I was very bold and been like i don't like this <laughs> yeah i just didn't i just didn't i didn't like doing it but i knew that it, i knew it had something because we knew that we had shtick yeah and, and one day came down we were like i said we were living together he came down the stairs he's like did you hear about this brewery doing something and he just wouldn't shut up about connecticut craft beer we enjoy going to breweries i was like just do that we're gonna do that we're just gonna do that we're gonna focus it in and that's yeah. how it kind of worked out yeah. And that's, and, how you find, that's how you find an audience. Like yeah. in any form of entertainment, you know, you're going to find what your core audience is the more you do this. Like I was the same way. Like my show was going to be a little bit of everything. And then I found out when I looked at numbers and I saw the engagement that people were much more interested in the craft beer community episodes than anything else. So we didn't, we didn't mainly do the, we, we didn't like focus 100% on craft beer, but you know, I didn't focus 100% on craft beer, but I did make sure that that was probably 40% of the episodes I did were something beer related. And when I was doing events, they were tied into the beer community because I was already established there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and I do, I still try things out now when we're doing best trivia ever. I'll try out categories. I've had categories that have fucking bombed that like I've been told in no uncertain terms by a host, never, ever, ever, ever do that again. But okay, <laughs> cool. I've had other ones that I thought were going to be terrible and people love. You know, yeah. that's how you learn. That's the exciting thing about any business, whether you're running your podcast or I'm doing my trivia company or whatever the case may be. So Tyler, why, why you were, I'm going to shift gears if that's cool for a second. Yeah, shift why, away. Why, why you were away trying to pack, uh, um, bandage your hand yep. or your finger. Um, so I, asked Ken, I asked Ken and I gave him plenty of time to think about the answer to this question. Back when he was doing interviews, you were doing interviews for, um, for um, television. You, uh, of all those people like Judd Apatow, Aaron Sanchez, and all those, Jerry Springer, who was the most interesting, most fun, or more surprising, or any, however you want to fill up those? Good question. Um, the most, the most uh, interesting, the most interesting interview I did was, and this is probably because it was like one of the first big ones I did was the Jerry Springer one. Because Jerry Springer was the interview that kind of opened the door for me getting everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was, I went from interviewing local businesses to all of a sudden getting in the door and sitting with Jerry Springer. And I was supposed to have 30 minutes with him, And I sat down with him for like an hour and a half. And that was, that was pretty cool. Um, he was a really interesting guy. That was kind of when, that was kind of the first time that like this dude who's been on TV, like my entire life, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm sitting five feet away from him. And that's the first time that I'm like, okay, you're just a dude. You're, you're a human being. You're, you're just a guy. Um, 
you know, that to me was the most interesting, the most interesting one for me personally. Sure. Um, the, the one that I would say was probably like my, my favorite, my favorite interview overall was, was probably, God, that's, it's so tough to say like my favorite because they're all so, they're all so different. Actually, you want to know what my favorite, probably my favorite one overall was the first live show we did. We did something, um, we did something called the Connecticut Beer Summit, which was at Two Roads. And it was the first live episode we ever did, um, where we did a panel discussion with five different breweries. Uh, it was half full. It was Connor from Half Full, Tyler from Black Hog. Um, we had, uh, God, who else was there? Rich from Shabine. Um, forget, I, I'm, I'm going to fucking blank on this and it's going to bother me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to text you guys later and be like, here are the fucking names of the people. <laughs> Um, but we had five different breweries um, who were present and we basically did a panel discussion about Connecticut beer. And to mm. me, that's probably my favorite episode. And that's probably more sentimental than anything else. Sure. Um, just because that was the first time I actually got to see people who watched my, who listened to my show. Um, you know, that was the first event that like, it was, it was reservation only at two roads. Two roads was cool enough to be like, yeah, do this at our, at our place. Um, and it was the first time that like, people reserved the spot and came and spent their night for a welcome to Connecticut event. And I mean, it wasn't massive. We maybe had a hundred, 150 people there, but to me, that was my favorite episode probably because, you know, it was the first time that we kind of put what we did on display. Yeah. Sure. And it, to me, it like legitimized the show a lot. Like here's, yeah. you know, this is a That's different awesome. venue. And it, was, and it was the first time that I believe, I believe in a public setting that Connecticut beer had that kind of platform to me. I'm a big goal setter. So mm -hmm. like, I will always, even with best trivia ever, I set targets for myself. I, 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 my first goal with Welcome to Connecticut was I wanted a live event and I wanted that to be like within our one year anniversary of Welcome to Connecticut. And that's what we did. So for me, that's probably my favorite show just from a sentimental perspective. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of, it was fun. It was, it was interesting. Um, it was, it was people coming, you know, coming out for a welcome to Connecticut event, which had never happened before. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the first time Connecticut beer kind of had that platform, which, you know, it, it, it didn't have that platform. Like at that time there probably weren't like, there weren't 30 to 30, there were maybe 30 to 35 breweries in the state. If that it was, you know, really early on into the scene. So it was kind of cool engaging with that community and, you know, kind of seeing something that I literally started from my living room with equipment I purchased from Amazon turn into something that you know, people were spending their night at and coming to an event for it was it was cool. That's that's probably my personal favorite, like not not so much from a quality perspective, but more so from a like just a sentimental perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And like in our mind, we have like little goals. We have like interviews that we like want to get in the beer industry and little by little, like we're I'm, at least myself, you know, Jeff and I always talk about these like opportunities that we get. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. Um, just to be able to talk to Phil and Kat was like, a big one early on um and they're great people and you know that you know talked about i just saw cat last week at uh, third place like half full third place and like it just happened so well it was like something i did not expect and it just something great came from it so um that's why i would say it's like i don't know what this where this is gonna take us like what the hell is gonna happen uh i'm just here for the ride and i yeah but always always go with your gut with the interviews though too yeah like, always 100 percent. so like like beer wise, I had Sean Lawson on my show. Um, oh, really? Wow. And, like, and Sean, you know, Sean was down in Connecticut at Two Roads and he sat down on my show. And 
I think I'm the only person to ever ask Sean on the record recorded about the people who price gouge Sip of Sunshine. And like, <laughs> what thought was but it's like, you know, it, it's to me, it's like, what would I want to hear? Like, yeah. what would I want? What would I want to talk about? What would I want to, if I was driving in my car right now, listening to this interview, what would I want to hear someone talk to Sean Lawson about? And yeah. I'm sorry, at that point in time, especially, you know, there were so many fucking dirty package stores saying like, you have to buy a six pack of cores in order to pay $16 for a four pack of Sip of Sunshine. I wanted to know what the hell Sean would say about that. And, and you know, so you asked the question, you know, and <laughs> yeah it's just it's you know like i i had john Heyman, you know the attorney john Heyman. oh yeah like, i'm john, like yeah, john law firm. <laughs> yeah so like john Heyman did my show and i asked john Heyman about um i asked john Heyman about what he feels about the stereotype that people have of him of him being an ambulance chaser like <laughs> like i i flat out asked him i said a lot of people look at you like that that cartoon lawyer from the simpsons like you're lionel hutz like, you know, yes. what, do you, what do you think to that? And it's they just, call but you do it, like do it in a respectful manner. And it's a respectful question. It's yeah. just a matter of, you know, it's what do people want to hear? That's, that's what it is. What would I want to hear? And that's the same thing I do with BTE is like, what would I want out of a trivia show when I was doing my podcast is what would I want out of an interview? When, right. <laughs> when you ask a question like that, is there a party that's like, this could end like right now. Like, do you feel it? Like, okay, maybe he's like a jokey guy or are you just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I haven't listened to this. I got to listen to that and Jerry Springer, but are you just like, all right, I have this in the back of my mind. I'm going to ask it and just see what happens. And that's I content. Gonna, I know I'm going to ask it going in. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but I know like that's a question I'm going to ask. Um, I know that's a question I'm going to ask, but it's, you know, it's, it's approaching it in a way where it's, it's, you don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go up to John Heyman and be like, you know, everyone fucking thinks you're an ambulance. <laughs> it was, you know, if I, I, you figure out a way to insert it. And this is like a podcasting tip for you. Figure out a way to insert it into the conversation that actually works in the conversation. So he was right. talking about kind of the way I think the conversation somehow went into the way he was building his business. And then he was talking about the reputation he had with his clients. And then I simply said, I said, well, you know, speaking of reputations, I said, from the outside looking in, I'd never actually met you before. Um, and you know, we're having a great conversation, but what do you think about the outside perspective of you? People see you on TV and unfortunately there's a stereotype that goes along with lawyers that do a lot of advertising. Um, you know, they see them as ambulance chasers. They see them as Lionel Hutz from the Simpsons. I said, how do you combat that image? What do you feel about that image? Mm -hmm. And that's a nice way to word that question. Yeah. You know, like when I had my radio show, I had Ray Rice on my radio show. Like, you know, Ray lives in Stanford. And yeah. like I had Ray Rice on my radio show and it's all about establishing trust. Like Ray Rice had the trust to go. He, I was the first live, live interview Ray Rice did since the elevator in incident. Like I had him on a live microphone on live morning radio. So I very easily could have, you know, I very easily could have just gone into business for myself and tried to get myself on every sports center, you know, every sports center clip for the next week. Right. Yeah. But it was building a relationship and showing that you can handle this professionally. We didn't touch upon any of the issues that I know he didn't want to touch about. He, want, he literally came on because he's a big fan of the restaurant industry and wanted to talk about wings. Like, that's why he did my show. Right. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's like I told you earlier, it's treating yourself and treating the business you're doing professionally. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Jeez, man, that's that's incredible. Um, Jeff, did you want to do? Yes, your, I already told idea? Ken. 
Okay. I already told Kenny because I wanted, I didn't want to surprise it. But this is where the part <laughs> of the show we're going to be doing really shitty trivia. Yeah. With best trivia ever, where I'm going to totally fall flat of expectations. So and, Jeff, this is actually your tryout to be a host with BTE. Yes. So, this. Um, so I am setting it up. Yeah. Perfectly. You better not suck. Okay. I'm just saying. So I woke up today and I was like, you know what is a really great idea and totally original? We're going to have Ken from Best Trivia Ever. Let's do trivia. So I crushed do you, do you, that one. Do you get that a lot, Ken? I think I told you when you told me this that I'm terrible at trivia. So <laughs> Are you actually terrible at trivia? I'm, I'm awful at trivia. That's, I'm good at writing. I'm good at writing questions, and I'm good at running the company. I'm that shocks me because I feel like you ask enough questions, like just about random pop culture stuff. Like eventually, you just if like. If you're gonna know. ask me random pop culture stuff, I'm probably gonna do okay. If you're gonna ask me like traditional trivia stuff, I don't know. Like, let's see. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Trivia questions. It's kind of a mixed bag. All right. But it, it, they're not hard, and I think you can at least give a good guess. But what we're going to do is we're going to do best of seven, so okay. first to four, right? And what I want you – I don't know if you, how you guys want to do this, if you guys just want to, like, write your answers down somewhere or even type them in your phone and then show them, like, that way we can – Why don't we just do first answer? answer? What? Why don't we just do first answer? Okay. All Ooh. right. We could do that. We'll do sudden death jeopardy style. It's fine. Ooh, I like it. Let's just go for it. What is, I like that idea. Okay. The winner, the winner is no longer my co-host for this podcast. I mean, the loser is the long, no longer the co-host for this podcast. <laughs> oh, Tyler, it's been nice knowing you, buddy. <laughs> First question. Uh, in which city was Jim Morrison buried? Harris. Ooh, one point goes to Tyler. No, yeah, I just, I'm not getting a Jim Morrison question. <laughs> Which, you, already, like, you already hit on classic rock, which is not my style of music. It's awesome. This is that, I knew it was France because I, I go down these little rabbit holes of like, oh, Jim Morrison, he was 27 and he looks like he's 40 and I look like a baby and I'm a year older than him. Like, how, hip, and that, hip, that's what hippies, that hippies to this day still make a pilgrimage to his gravesite. I don't know. Yeah, I like the doors, but. I'm I'm a pop music fan. Like everybody in the every every friend of mine who's listening to this right now would mox my music tastes you know, <laughs> to umpteenth degree. Um, yeah, now I'm a pop music person. I'm a Taylor Swift like oh, I, like that kind of stuff. So it's so not, this one's for you, Ken. Next okay. question's for you. Which girl group had a member by the name of Mel B? Spice Girls. Let's oh, go. Oh God, I knew that. <laughs> Is, yeah, that see that one's easy. Is is I knew that the most said phrase in trivia after you say the answer. <laughs> oh, I knew that one. How many people say I knew that? Uh, a lot of people say I knew that. <laughs> um, a lot of people, when they don't know the answer, like, so if I ask a question, they'll be like, fuck. And then like on the microphone, be like, that fuck is not the answer. <laughs> because I, I love asking questions. I love writing questions and having our hosts ask questions of stuff that you know you know but you just completely forgot about. Yeah. Like, like my, one of my favorite, we did a category once, which was um, uh, internet or like things that went viral. And it was, uh, what is the name of the YouTube personality who went viral in 2000, whatever, with the video title, Leave Britney Alone. And every, see the look you <laughs> Damn it. Everybody knows, everybody knows that video. Everybody's seen yes. that yeah. video. 15 years ago, you probably immediately would have been able to name Chris Crocker is the name. Oh, uh, I wouldn't have gotten like, that. That's hilarious. Like, the kind of questions that I absolutely love. And I've been saying, like, um, we did like a Carol Baskin question last week. <laughs> and I was like, in 
five years, that's going to be a question. Like if people are like, oh my God, I know the, I know someone killed their husband on Tiger King, but I don't Allegedly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I, 2020 has been such a long year. I forgot that Tiger King was a thing. Oh dude, if you want to know the, here's the wildest thing. And I'm sorry, we're just bogarting. No, your, this your is perfect. No, no, this, yeah. This is exactly here's, here's what it's supposed to be. Here's something to wrap your head around this. So when we first started running, we ran our first live show uh, day two of phase one at No Worries. So we were like, we were, we were the first live event to run in the state of Connecticut post-pandemic, post-live. Oh, uh, wow. Um, and it, would, it went great. We were really happy with it. But when we were playing music ahead of time, I was playing um you know i I was my playlist is always stuff that's modern and current and i was playing everything from like drake's tussie slide to like dua lipa and you know the uh the rena sawayama album and stuff like that and in my head i'm like these are songs that came out three months ago that have never been played in public in the state of connecticut because no one's it's never been played in the like drake's tussie slide is one of the biggest songs of 2020 and up until probably like a month, two months ago, it had never been played in a bar. And let's keep it that way. I don't <laughs> like Tootsie Slide. I'm a big Drake fan. I, I hate that song. Well, that song, was, that, that song was made specifically for TikTok. That's the oh, only yeah. reason that song was made. There's no other reason. Smartest and he's, man. Making, he's buying a new house because of it. So Smarter Want man another one? I, yes. Yeah, sure, let's go. Okay, great. Now that you've said that you like all these pop culture questions, I tried to quickly pivot, but I don't have any prepared ones. So <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep asking generic ones. Um, <laughs> what country invented tea? China. England? Wow. China? It's China. China. Okay. That's a good one. I like that one. This one fascinated me, this next question I'm going to ask. I'm also striking these two. So that's two for Tyler, one for Ken. Which bone are babies born without? Just take your time. Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I'm going to say it's something in the ear. Let's say the, is the cochlea a bone? No, it's, you're wrong. It's in the foot. Nope. <laughs> it's in the middle so to that's lower new, body. That's, no, it's, I, I, it's, Tyler's guess was an actual bone. My guess was I don't know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the kneecap. Right. What? I don't have. I mean, I have. What horrible. is what is Kramer's first name in Seinfeld? Cosmo. Ah, yeah. We have a tie game, folks. Yeah. It's at two. I know the important stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. Who's your favorite <laughs> Seinfeld character? Go. That's not a trivia question. That's Jerry. Jerry by what? Jerry. By Jerry. Yep. Oh, absolutely. When I was when I was when I was getting my confirmation, I wanted my confirmation name to be Saint Jerome because I was that big of a Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> and then I was told by everybody, "You can't have your confirmation name after after a stand-up comedian who's Jewish." <laughs> <laughs> oh, why not? Yes. Uh, I'm a. I actually loved Kramer in that show. He was just the craziest character at the time, and he. I still. It still holds up. Twenty five years later, and it's still just unmatched mine is george because my brother is basically george he walks into a room and the smallest thing would happen to him and it just ruins his day <laughs> he just will sit on it forever Gary <laughs> seinfeld legitimately was one of my idols in high school and college like he's fantastic oh, all right next question we're tied at two 
Which pop star burnt down her home gym, her home gym with candles? Britney Spears. Candles mm. first. We got three to two. Ken, you get one more, you win this. Sweet. Bullshit. Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Just going through my questions real quick. Um, which planet has the most gravity? Earth. Um, fucking no. Uranus? Jupiter. Jupiter. It's Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the big one. Just, I was literally just about to start naming off planets. All right. <laughs> it's tied at three. Winner takes all. Tyler, if you lose this, then this podcast becomes a one-man show. Ken, if you want to come on. I bury myself all if I lose this. All right, <laughs> let's go. Understatement. Ooh, okay. This is a good one because I think, Tyler, you have a shot at this. Ken, I'm assuming you might have a shot at this. So I, I already lost. Cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of Winston's beloved cat and new girl? Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> oh. Have fun. There's no time limit, although at a certain what point. What was Winston's Chester? Chester? Begin with Not C. Chester. Charlie? You, still, you can still ask. Fuck. Keep saying names, you'll eventually get it. Oh my god. This is the worst. <laughs> um I thought it was Chester too. Winner takes all. We did a new girl trivia night during quarantine. Like nothing but new girl. I love New Girl. Man, that show is amazing. It's a good one. Okay, I don't, okay, you're just gonna have a. Was it Whiskers? It was something dumb. Was it Whiskers? You guys give up? Yeah. Well, yeah. Was Ferguson. Ah. Oh! I would never. I knew it now. <laughs> I would have never guessed it. Uh, yeah. Did you know that there's rules online to play the um, John America. F. Kennedy? Yeah, true. Um, true America, and it's as complicated as it the whole game is. Yes. I want to do it one time. It's a great show. New Girl's a good show. So underrated. (laughs) Here's a good one. Ken, this is for you for the win. You ready? (laughs) Which pop star is the godmother of both Elton John's sons? Oh, I don't know that one. Um, Oh, is it Dolly Parton? I'll just repeat it one more time because I think I said it fast for the people at home. Which pop star is the godmother of both Elton John's sons? Well-known person. This is not. Stevie Nicks? No. I'll give you a clue. Just go more modern than that. Is it Britney Spears? Madonna? Is it Lady Gaga? It is Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, okay. Congratulations, (laughs) Tyler. You get to continue hosting your own show. Yeah! Yeah. I was a little bit nervous because (laughs) if I had had lost, I would have had to do something. I would have had to create content around it. Actually, this doesn't surprise me. This was my last, the last one I was going to ask, and I'll just ask anyway. Who's the highest paid actress in 2019, according to Forbes? Jennifer Lawrence. No, this one doesn't surprise me. In 2019. What was the biggest movie in 2019, and who was the biggest female actress in that movie? Oh, Brie Larson. Yeah. No. Ice Peak female actress. You're right. It's Avengers, as you should be thinking Avengers. Scarlett Scarlett Johansson? It's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I was like, that first was surprising because I I just don't see her in as many things anymore, you know? But she's like the biggest female actor in the biggest movie, I guess it makes sense. Congratulations. Yeah. I keep keep my job. It's okay, Ken. I was nervous there. I told you you going in I was going to lose. It's fine. You went into overtime, okay? So I don't know if you're (laughs) proud of yourself. That's what everyone says. Like No one goes into trivia and says, I'm really good at trivia, and it's actually good, I feel like. Is that usually the case? I feel like that's 
So, do you know who John Carpenter is? The name sounds familiar. He is the the, um, director. Well, he is director. John Carpenter is the first winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, yeah. So, John Carpenter lives in Hamden, and he is a weekly attendee at our show at No Worries. Wait, uh, what? The guy yeah. who uses last his phone a friend to call, call his, his dad? dad and say, yeah, no, he's a, he's a mug club member at No Worries, and he's like he regularly. He's a he's a he lives in Hamden. He's a mug club member at No Worries. He goes Fantastic. to our show almost every week, um, and yeah, so it's always fun with John because John doesn't do well at our shows at all because <laughs> he's not he, he's not really big into modern pop culture. And my favorite John story was we did a category that was 1990s. And one of the questions was, and I specifically put this in there because I knew he was gonna be at the show, was um, what is the name of the first winner of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in 1999? And he wrote down me and I told him, I said, no, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Is John Carpenter, he's a great dude. He actually at our big show, at our big yearly show, Trivia Mania, John came and sat at the bar and then I introduced him and um, people went crazy for him. And we did this cool thing where on the back of one of the answer sheets, we put like a star sticker and mm-hmm. whoever got the star sticker, John was on their team for a round, um, which was kind of cool. He's, he's an awesome dude. He's a massive supporter of the Connecticut beer community. Like That's he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome dude. Comes to our shows, big supporter of our stuff. He played our virtual shows with us. Yeah. He's a really good guy. Wow. Yeah. I, I watched that live as a kid. I remember watching that and he's like, Oh my God, this guy just called his dad to say he became a millionaire. I was like, this, this guy's going to lose. <laughs> I, first met, I first met him when he did my podcast. Like I went to his house and he did my podcast. And my favorite part of the story with John is he told me on the podcast, he said he tried to, he, when he got the million dollars, he was presented the check and they gave him an actual check for a million dollars. And he said, I thought about just depositing in the ATM. Like just like <laughs> sticking the check in there, and he said, and he said, like either his wife or like his friends were like, you should just go into the into the bank for that one and not trust like just inserting it into the ATM machine. Yeah. Oh my god. That that would be a really bad joke at that back part. Wow. Yeah. I I can't believe that. And it was I. It was the uh, the guy who built the pyramid for the Louvre. I am paying. That was the last. That was the last question. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I was just looking it up on Google. <clears throat> Ken, uh, so I feel like we're coming to the end here, but I just yeah. wanted you to, for those who are interested in joining in Best Trivia Ever through the Zoom stuff, how could they do that? How can they um, jump in on those? Uh, so we have live shows going on and also Zoom shows going on right now. So we do a Zoom show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. You can register for that at besttriviaever.com. Um, and then we have, uh, we're doing around five live shows now. We're going to be really ramping up once phase, once phase three hits, uh, which Good. should ideally be, I'm not sure when this is going up, but should ideally be, uh, let's um, hopefully the last week of July in that range. And then our okay. live shows are really going to pick up. Um, but yeah, our schedule is always online. Instagram is the best way to follow us. So at best mm-hmm. trivia, Instagram. Um, but yeah, we have the live shows going on and we're keeping one virtual show available right now for people who want to play. We have a, we have a good core group of around 20 to 30 people that every week want to play the virtual show because they still want to stay in. And that's cool. We want to give something to them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's basically awesome. it. Uh, and uh, how, you could be honest. Uh, what do you think of Jeff as a uh, trivia host? You could be- Anytime you want, man, you, you let me know you can come in. You're, you're good. You're good with it. You Thank you. Fantastic. You know what I really want to do too is the blind beer awards. I saw that right when we were starting the podcast. I was like, that would be the perfect thing to judge. 
because there's no wrong answer. It's like, oh, it was just my opinion. Like, it probably, it probably, uh, it probably won't go down this year at all because we're not probably going to reschedule it because it just ends up getting weird with football season and everything. But, um, um, but yeah, next year, like, let me know. You guys, you guys are definitely down there. I it's, would. Uh, it's, it's the most fun, fun beer event that I've done. It's just, it's a blast. Yeah, it looked like an awesome time. And I mean, people get really into it because, like, you want to win that. And they had like the Taproom Tacker Award. Like I thought it was legit. This, like, will, oh, this will be the last. This will be the last story I tell you, and yes. then we'll just end it. But yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the first year, the first year we did the Blind Beer Awards, um, it was the same week that Nebco dropped Double Fuzzy for the first time. Uh, and um, so, so everyone, no one knew who the breweries were, but everyone was like, "You're gonna have Double Fuzzy in this." Because it's an IPA event, and it could be double IPA, seasonal session IPA, single IPAs, whatever you want. Um, and everyone's like, "Which one's double fuzzy? Which one's double fuzzy?" And and everyone's going around coming up to me, coming up to the other people who are working the event, and being like, "This one, this is double fuzzy." <laughs> and little did they know that Nebco whipped their dick out and submitted Sea Hag, <laughs> <laughs> and was like, "Fuzzy, we're gonna whip out Sea Hag." And yeah, it was it was. I remember when I announced like, and they served Sea Hag. Everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Because they spent <laughs> the entire time looking for double fuzzy on that. That's hilarious. Yeah, and it's also fun. It's also fun to have an IPA event where Tom M comes and drinks, and there's no stouts. <laughs> he he's got like him. in the corner, just like hate drinking. He's like, "Fuck this! I got to do it for appearances now. I got to <laughs> not like this." Yeah, we're we're gonna get him to have a sour. Um, th- that's what we were gonna try and do is get him try and sour if we did it in person. Uh, but you know, COVID happened. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna make that happen. I like the uh, the idea, the persona that we were creating before. I think before we were recording, Tom N. No, oh, I gave it away. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, we won't take any more time, Ken. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, in all honesty, great advice. Uh, you know, I loved hearing about best trivia ever and everything like that. So um, you yeah, are welcome. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're thanks, welcome thanks to come for on. Playing whenever. my stupid game with me. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to do the job for Tyler. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ken. Ken hey, thank so you much. so much. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, Bye. take care.